This is Jerry Mason, the Kicking Lawyer, and I'm inviting everyone to join us every Tuesday at 5 p.m. on the Kicking Lawyer fan page on Facebook for Law Talk Live, where we discuss business, politics, current events, and the law. If you miss the live version, you can watch the playback on YouTube or listen on your favorite podcast platform. Right, it's Jerry Mason, the Kicking Lawyer. We're live for another Law Talk, and I have to apologize. This is weird today. Normally, I have a monitor where I can see uh, myself and the guests and it's everything, and up. it's jacked up, and I can't see it, so I just feel naked. <laughs> but I do want to thank you for watching. I want to remind you, if you haven't already, to follow us across social media and podcast platforms. We're available in audio format, video format on YouTube. Uh, and we're on TikTok and everything, so please give us a follow. And that helps uh, not just us, but other businesses. I was talking with a group the other day. That's important, I think, that you follow and share local businesses' content. It helps a lot. And then uh, don't forget that N.A. The Band is releasing their full album on Valentine's Day, and you can go to any uh, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your music from, and it's available for free. So make sure you go and check. Those are local guys uh, they've gotten together, gotten a full album out, and you know, just trying to make it. So you can listen and download, and all those things would help, and it is free. As always, I want to thank Michelle Allen. She's our longtime sponsor and good friend of the show. If you're buying, selling, renting, leasing real estate, she would be glad to help you. Just visit her at uh, Cry Like Realtors, and uh, there's her information hey, there. Just, just a quick heads up. Sure. It's not a good idea to use the live stream as your feed because there's a huge delay on it. So what you're seeing yeah, is, yeah, I noticed not that because <laughs> I looked down to see the ad, and it wasn't there, and I was like, okay. Yeah, so don't use that as your live feed because it's not accurate. Okay, all right. And then uh, now I forgot what I was talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mason's High Octane Martial Arts, located in Covington since 93. We're trying to relocate over by the new Total Fitness location. And we'll have some sign-up specials and new programs and stuff there. Uh, but it's been open 30 years. It was uh, one of, not my first, but one of my first businesses. And um, glad that we're still still kicking. And as always, don't forget, Josh will be glad to help you with your social media, online presence, websites, etc. Just visit Josh at Masonitemarketing.com. And with that said, joining me today, and she showed up uh, quick, quick, fast, Unprompted is Miss Lauren Fletcher. She's the executive director of the Tipton County Covington Chamber of Commerce. How are you doing? Doing well. Thanks for having me. Good, good. I, you know, so one of the, I was thinking about when I knew you were coming on, some of the stuff that we could talk about. And I think some of these questions are kind of hot seat questions, I guess, for you as executive director. So we'll see right. how you do. Right. <laughs> but, you know, and, I'm, and I guess to be transparent, I'm the president, current president of the Chamber of Commerce. But all that means is I'm a, a volunteer in the position on the executive board. Lauren is paid by the chamber to be the she's really the sort of face and voice of the chamber. Anyway, so when people ask why should they join the Chamber of Commerce, what would be your response? Absolutely. So it sets your business apart. Um, people view your business as being more credible and just uh, probably ethical to deal with versus any pick in the community. Um, I think those stats are not quite 70%, you know. So in comparing a business that's a member of their local chamber of commerce, regardless of what community you're in, versus a business that's not, you're looking at 70% more, just a better reputation. Like before they've even made that relationship or know you, that's to start off with, number one. But 
it's all about relationships and being able to connect with your local chamber of commerce, get involved. It connects you to your community, uh, especially if you're new. Maybe you've invested in that community and you didn't grow up there. You really need to meet the locals and get to know everyone. Your chamber of commerce is your first, you know, organization to, to make that happen for you and help you um, get you connected, really. So we're connectors of people. Um, the blanket statement of the services we offer is economic and community development. That looks like a lot of different things. Yeah. Whether events, um, workforce development or assistance in that, uh, tourism. And I say events. Tourism and events are really the same thing, very similar. Mm -hmm. uh, but our bread and butter is referrals. So if your business is a member of the Chamber of Commerce, we can refer you. When someone calls our office and they're looking for local restaurants to eat at, or maybe it's a, a roofing company or whatever, we can refer our members. Whereas if you're not on that roster, that's the difference, I would say, between us and City Hall. City mm -hmm. Hall could list everything within the city limits that provides that service. Chamber of Commerce, we're going to refer our members. Yeah. So. Well, and those are kind of passive benefits. I've been a member before I was even on the board. And one of the reasons, one of the benefits that I think as a member that I would say is an active benefit is you guys have a lot of networking events. There's a lot of things, the third Thursdays, the coffee and commerce, uh, the, all those different things are good opportunities to, and I have gotten business off of them for multiple right. businesses, you know, so I can attest that going and being present there, you will meet people that may need your services and it helps get you into the community. But those are some, those are things you have to actively go do. So, you know, a lot of people, when I, uh, when they ask me, what, what do they get? Well, to me, a lot of times it's what you get out of it because, um, the refer the referrals you get are great, but when you meet somebody and you get to know these people and now you put a face to this is the lawyer or this is the banker or this is the whatever, I mean, I get lots of business off of the third Thursdays. But, of course, I'm loud and obnoxious, too. I get it. But, I mean, th that's a huge benefit that I think people underutilize sometimes. As far as uh, some of our members that are in sales, you're not the first to say that. Mm -hmm. Not the obnoxious part, but the gaining <laughs> gaining clients from attending our networking events. Mm -hmm. We've had multiple people, whether they are um, like an employment agency uh, or a staffing company. I've had that. I've had uh, someone that offers a payroll service. We've had a number of people that are in sales, real estate, uh, say that they've gained clients and grown their, their clientele through attending, whether it's coffee and commerce, which we do every other month. We just rotate local coffee shops. I'm glad we have options now. And then Third Thursdays, our evening uh, monthly event mm -hmm. as well, where we change locations. And the exciting news is uh, the seller is the host this month. So we'll be there on the 16th from 5 to 6. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're excited about that. It's going to be fun and uh, good good food at least, hopefully. <laughs> it will be. Yeah. I know. James yeah. will take care of us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so one of the other things I was going to say is, that when people, when they when they join the chamber, you know, it's not really that much of an investment as far as becoming a member for the benefits that you can get if you utilize those benefits. But I think a lot of it, like I said, is, is you get what you, what you put into it. Um, and then, of course, down the road, people could be more involved. They can help with events as a volunteer or maybe be on the board at some point if they wanted to, uh, if they want to be more serving the community. Speaking of that, so um, go through for me the events that the chamber uh, helps not helps the chamber specifically the chamber hosts during the year okay so large events um we'll start from the top upcoming in april um we have our gala and awards dinner so um instead of third thursday that month we'll have a social hour before that dinner so anyone can actually attend and purchase tickets. go ahead and elaborate on that too so tell people how they can vote they need to write the narrative okay etc yeah so we're talking about the chamber gala and awards dinner 
um, in order to win an award, you must be a chamber member, but anyone can nominate and anyone can attend the event. So to win an award, we've got like nine different categories that people can nominate you for. Plus we choose the chamber staff uh, committee. Some of our board members add a couple of extra. So you're probably looking at 12 different um, either businesses or individuals in the community being recognized that night. But the nominations are based off the narrative. So it has nothing to do with a popularity contest, telling all your friends, your employees, your family members, it's great to have supporters, but they can send in all the votes they want. It, that really doesn't help you in any way. You want people to actually nominate you and share, hey, this is why this person is deserving of this award. They've done this for our community. They've been here for X number of years. Um, they don't necessarily like recognition. They're just a humble servant and give back regularly, or they've really knocked it out of the park and their business is number one in sales. And we just want to recognize that. Whatever it may be, we're looking at the narrative. And something that we added to the event was um, last year, people can sponsor the awards. So, you know, for instance, I think Dyersburg State, they sponsored the educator of the year. So a teacher um, didn't have to be at elementary school. It could be at from TCAT, from Dyersburg State, wherever, but um, they got to present the award and they read the narrative. So they actually shared um, what that person wrote about the winner and it mm -hmm. made it that much more special. We've received a lot of good feedback on that. Um, I can't take credit for the idea. Another Chamber of Commerce told me that's what they did mm -hmm. and it really was well received. So uh, we're excited about that. Um, hopefully that answered your question. What was the date on that one? Yeah, so it's the um, April 20th. So five o'clock is the social <laughs> five five o'clock is the social hour. Six o'clock is the dinner. Uh, we will have uh, local entertainment provided as well. Uh, you don't want to miss out the event. Again, um, anyone can attend. Anyone can submit nominations. It's chamber member individuals and organizations that uh, will be recognized that evening. So that's our number, our first event. Um, second, the following month will be our Industrial Appreciation Golf Tournament. So in May, uh, we have that Thursday, May 25th. Uh, which is the it's the week right before Memorial Day weekend. And we'll be at the Covington Country Club. Uh, if you're a manufacturer, so for instance, Tops, Charms, Mueller, we have, you know, just under probably 20 different manufacturers in the county. Um, they receive a free team. It's a four-man scramble. Uh, so they get a free team just as a way, small way for us to say thank you for all the jobs you provide to our region. Um, and then anyone else can either sponsor or register a team. Um, join us for lunch that day. It's a great day at the, the country club. It's a nice day to get out of the office and be outside. Um, you've helped with that event a couple times mm -hmm. as well. Um, so that's again May 25th at the Covington Country Club. And then our largest event, because it's a festival in multiple days, uh, takes place in September. Um, I believe the dates are the 24th or the 21st through the 24th. It's four days. It's always that fourth weekend of September. Um, and so you've got one night it kicks off with the farm to table event which is a fundraiser for the court square farmers market friday we just have as a family night that it looks different every year uh, but we usually there's always food and kids activities involved and then saturday and sunday the streets are closed in downtown covington you've got all kinds of craft vendors artisans food trucks live music and just performances from different groups throughout the day sometimes the ruffin theater just um there's always something to do that that weekend so it's always packed and we welcome you to join us then so those are actually the main large events of the chamber hosts there's three um, otherwise we have our networking events we have lunch and learns uh, meaning programming and classes if it's a topic that helps local <laughs> business 
and there's a demand for it, which, you know, there's always marketing, which you've, you've helped with before, uh, social media marketing, website, anything like that, HR, anything that's beneficial to local businesses, we will get a speaker for, and we do our best to get local speakers and just um, host those free to our members so that you can learn more um, and grow your business and improve when uh, where you need it on topics that uh, that you desire. So uh, that's does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah. Well, again, I, I think that a lot of times it's one to, to me when people ask the question, "Why should you join the chamber?" or "How much it is?" It's in sales. What I've learned is a lot of times when people ask that question, it's because they don't know what else to ask. You know, they, yeah. they just don't really, they're they, they, not a knock on them. They just don't know, you know. So you walk in, like people come in my martial arts school, and the first question is, how much is it? They don't ask anything about what system it is, what how we're teaching it, what the background of us, our, our background is, none of that. It's, yeah. well, how much does it cost? Because they don't have another metric. Right. So I think people have to be educated on value. And then mm-hmm. once they see the value, then all of a sudden they do that cost analysis. And, oh, well, it's definitely worth that value, which you get. When they realize that the multiple things that the chamber does to benefit the community, because a lot of those things have been inc- instrumental too in like Blue Oval City coming here, is that I know they sent people here to see our community and assess whether I always I don't remember if I told you this and I forget who even brought it up. It might have been one of the speakers you had at one of the retreats or something, but it wasn't even about the CEOs and the CEO. It was the the spouses. Oh, yeah. The, the, the wife that comes. Our rep from ECD yeah. um, said that is, yeah. So I, th- I think that's a great perspective because they have the power, really. They have a lot of influence. And they're looking and if at it's the not a community, Yeah, if it's not a community they want to live in, these big corporations and companies won't uh, won't come, which is another thing I, I guess we could get your perspective on because I think you know mine. Um, you know, and I've mentioned this before when I had run for an office and whatnot, I was real big on growth, on economic growth and and just community growth in general. And I was surprised uh, during that time to find, and it still exists now, that there's a lot of people that are very against any kind of development, growth, development. They don't want it. They don't want it. You know, part of what they like about the community is that it's a small community. Absolutely. So, and, and I've mentioned it on here, what my feelings are on that position. But if people bring that up to you, what, what is your position you think on growth and what do you think people maybe aren't weighing when they are against it yeah and so i'll preface this answer with this is you know my response as chamber director because that's how i was introduced not mm-hmm. personal lauren because that's irrelevant really mm-hmm. but growth regardless of what kind you're looking at can be good or bad you know whether it's your health whether it's um i mean someone mentioned cancer is growth we all have cancer cells but you know, certain growth is positive and certain growth is negative. It can e- either happen to us or for us. And so the important key is to have a plan. You know, um, I described Blue Oval City as a double-edged sword. I mean, there are a lot of positives, but our focus is the Chamber of Commerce. And one of my main concerns is just the workforce key in that we have a lot of manufacturers, again, referencing our manufacturers and existing businesses here who've been in the community for longer than I have, actually. You know, they've been around for longer than, some of them have been around longer than I've been alive. And I want to make sure that they're supported and we have the resources, any resources available that they're well aware of and that we support them uh, and that we do welcome growth, that we have um, 
you know, we stay proactive in being yeah. in the know on, on what's to come. Like, you know, the state's been really good at providing these uh, Louisville City calls. Happens at least uh, once a month. Some months it's been about every two weeks. Like there's one tomorrow, actually, I think at 10 a.m. that they're providing. And each, each um, session has a different guest speaker and a different topic, whether that's housing, whether that's infrastructure, you know. And I think it's important for our leaders to at least attend those and be aware and ask questions. Uh, last fall, they hosted one in person at Dyersburg State, and I was surprised at how many people were not there, actually. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had a, I wish that auditorium had been full of just people, just even if it were to learn, you know, about this, uh, it's coming, guys, you know, 2025, yeah. they're expected to be open and in operation, and that's very quickly. Yeah, I, I think that on the growth issue, the problem is we're past the point of, I don't want growth. Now I think we're at the question of what kind of growth are we going to get? And, and I've said this before where I think you have what I call positive growth or negative growth. A negative growth could be, and I'm not knocking these businesses because they serve a purpose, but if you got more check cash in places and, uh, you know, uh, palm shops, et cetera, that are usually more in uh, and attract the socioeconomically depressed clientele, or are we going to get more big box retailers, uh, you know, more industry that comes in, things that create more jobs and positive growth? Because the communities are going to benefit from positive growth. There's more tax revenue that can help improve your roads, improve your school system, improve your, your public safety. Uh, all that stuff's good, right? But the other thing, before even the Louisville City, the reason I was so pro-growth was I want this area, Covington specifically, to be where my children want to live. I want my children to want to come here to live. Not that, oh, I got to go live in Jackson or Memphis or whatever, that we have the we have enough going on that it's attractive to them. They have job opportunities, they have entertainment opportunities, places to eat, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, sort of a personal goal that I've been working towards is I want to make it an arts district type thing where there's music everywhere. When you come here, there's music at the cellar, there's music at the guitar shop, there's music at the new book record store, there's there's music on the stage there, and, you know, it's all very... Um, I don't want to say artsy, but, you know, it's it's got that sort of midtown arts district vibe. You have the programs in place. Yeah, yeah, yeah because then, then our children will have something to look forward to and want to be here. And it doesn't have to be growth that leads to violence or leads to, uh, you know, whatever. It gets rid of blight, you know, and hopefully decreases violence because uh, you got things for people to do. But, I mean, I think that it's coming one way or the other. And I think as a community, we have to embrace it and decide which kind of growth we're going to have. Because with this this much money being invested by Ford, there's just no way around it, you know? Right. It's happening I mean, regardless. And I still talk to plenty. It's just it's very interesting um, the diverse opinions you hear throughout the community. It just depends on what people do for a living or how they spend their daily lives, how close they are to that information or uh, being affected by it. But uh, I'm just excited because what you described on the latter part, you know, big box, you know, we have had um, a number of buildings that have been sitting vacant for a while in shopping centers. And there's one I know, we filled all of those empty spaces now. We've landed good tenants. Some of them aren't public, uh, we can't publicly announce yet, but if one's a restaurant and two are retail, that I don't know that we would have landed otherwise had we not had that announcement. So it was nice to have the Louisville City announcement in your recruiting efforts to share, because some of these people, they live out of state Mm -hmm. and they just see this empty, space and the the owner you know the broker they're just trying to land a tenant but when you tell them about this Louisville City piece and all this expected growth they're like oh okay well that's a game changer when we're selling this site you know Mm -hmm. so suddenly we've landed um, 
those and you see developers, um, you know, drawing up plans for housing here. So I think what you described in the latter, the positive growth, that's what we're seeing right now. Mm-hmm. And we just need to encourage uh, our leaders and our stakeholders, what is our plan? Let's have a plan so that you know, the change happens for us, the growth happens for us instead of to us. Sure. Well, you know, I think Collierville did a good job with the growth. I unfortunately had to go to court there several times with some clients in the last few weeks, pretty regular. So I I ate over there and I visited their square and uh, we even went, me and the other seller owners went, uh, we go every quarter somewhere together to try how other restaurants are doing stuff and compare, of course. And we went to, I think it was called Highlander, which is right there off their square. But their square is still very hometownish. It feels very much like our square, even though then you drive a block over and you've got all this giant development of big block retailers. So, I mean, I think it is possible to keep that hometown feel and and still have some of that, that development. But I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> we shall see. We shall yeah. see. And it's, it's great that you mentioned Carryville. I will say this. Um, you mentioning their downtown specifically, they're actually a Main Street, mm-hmm. a designated Main Street, and have been for many years. Miss, um, I'll mention a friend, Laura Todd is actually um, the former Collierville Main Street director, maybe the original one, and served there for many years. Um, she now works, I guess, as a contractor for the state to mentor West Tennessee communities, whether they do the Tennessee Downtowns program or Main Street program, which entails anytime there's a grant around or a program that would be beneficial to your community, she'll let you know and she'll make sure you're in the know about that. So we've worked with her um, to do the Tennessee Downtowns program for Covington, and she's assisting us in building a Main Street program for Covington. Mm-hmm. So while we have the programs and events here, What's interesting is we don't have necessarily that director, that that point person, that program that's made specifically for downtown. Mm-hmm. And so we know that's needed. We recognize that. Uh, and we're doing our best to build it as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. So she's been a great resource. And, and that's Collierville is a great example of a successful program. Now, um, what I probably should have talked about at the beginning, and I know you've been on with me before, and I can't remember if we addressed it, but what's your background? Where are you from? Where'd you go to school? Because okay. what, so, wasn't it like agricultural or something? Didn't yeah, you do something yeah. like that? So yeah. um, I actually come from a family of entrepreneurs. Um, when I list all the different businesses, you'd be like, okay, true entrepreneurs, because it mm-hmm. wasn't any one type of business. Um, but I've, I've lived in all three parts of the state. So I was born in Knoxville. So I'm an East Tennessee girl. And so when I say go balls, I'm not a uh, fair weather fan by any means. I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. And we mm-hmm. still say go balls. <laughs> but um about the time I started high school, we moved to Middle Tennessee, where my grandmother was um, or lives, and so I graduated in Wilson County. And then, um, as much as we loved UT Knoxville, I was interested in agriculture because of um, getting involved with FFA. I didn't get to be too involved uh, because when you play sports, coaches don't let you miss practice. I don't care which kind of sport it is, but if they're serious, they don't let you miss practice. So I didn't compete heavily in FFA, but it was enough with the classes for me to be. Uh, interested and so UT Martin has a great agriculture program regardless of what you're looking at so um, I studied ag business there what brought me to Tipton County was I met my husband at UT Martin so um, he's from Gilt Edge and uh, at the time he was studying uh, to be an ag teacher, but he's in the fire service now. Yeah, so I need to get him on too. I've, I've, you and I have both mentioned that before. I just need to get a date and get him on. Don't yeah. write that down, Josh. And that's a challenge his, uh... too, because I, I do good uh, keeping up. Like we literally, we put everything on a calendar now, mm-hmm. just so I know where he's at and yeah. where I'm going to be. I can relate. So Madeline and I, 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 part of why I think our relationship is probably better than it's ever been is because we don't ever see each other. <laughs> 
<laughs> so. it, it actually, there is something to that. I will agree. Um, what is it, Brandon will say, absent um, heart grows fonder. Yeah, absence makes the heart grow yes, fonder. Yes, it mm -hmm. works because then you you suddenly start being intentional with your time. Mm -hmm. So when you are in town at the same time, you're, you're intentional, like, let's go grab dinner or do mm -hmm. this. And, yeah, I don't know. Something to, there's something about that that does work. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I've been here since December 2016. Prior to that, I was working in Weekly County for a little bit for the city of Dresden. Um, they had just built a brand-new farmer's market and just wanted someone to run it. Uh, I think originally it was advertised as an internship, but they really didn't know. It, it was a job, and it started off part-time. So you're managing a farmer's market. Um, you basically had this beautiful facility that was built up, and um, you just had to recruit the vendors and start programming and everything. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was a venue, too. You could rent it out. So after a couple months, that became full-time as community development director. So I was there for maybe three years or so. Um, so where then, do you consider home, though? I, I ask because Madeline is from Arkansas, right? Yeah. But she's been here now with me 15 or 16 years, and uh, she considers Tennessee her home now. Like, she, we talked about it. We went to visit her family during Christmas in Arkansas, and I was like, does this feel like, you know, I don't know about her or you. I, I'm from Tipton County, so mm -hmm. I haven't lived. I've traveled, but I haven't lived outside here, right? But if I go down Bride Road in Tipton County, I feel different because that's where I grew up, you know? So do you, are you are you a East Tennessee girl, Middle Tennessee, or West Tennessee? That's a good question. I guess I feel most at home in the mountains of East Tennessee. That's why I try to go there once a year. That didn't always happen. Mm -hmm. But again, I I mean I lived there until I was thirteen. But you know I went to a number of different schools, and it's difficult to say any one place was my home. Mm -hmm. I still have family in both parts of the state. You know, East, Middle, and West. Mm -hmm. But. I spend most of my time here in West Tennessee, and I'm proud to be in West Tennessee. When you were so, you were talking about how you couldn't do a lot of the FFA because of sports, what sport yeah. were you doing? Uh, basketball, volleyball, track. We're oh, the, so we're you're the super, main three. You were but, super busy. Yeah, here. well, you know, when it's people say it's a small town here, I think there's a lot of communities that just have that small town vibe because, you know, in Wilson County, my graduating class had about, I don't know, 400 or so people. But when you go to uh, church with a principal and like an example, I, I mean, we all played basketball like from, I don't know, whatever youngest age you can start with upward basketball. And then there was at some points my sister and I were on three different basketball teams at the same time, you know. Um, were you tall and, in high school? Were you always pretty tall? I mean, I'm 5'10 now. When It's all relative. Um for basketball, you know, that's not that tall. Uh -huh. But, you know, I guess when you're when you're young, sure, that's that's what'd pretty tall. What did you do? What did you do track? What events? So, I didn't do like um the field stuff, but the 800 was my favorite race. Mm -hmm. That was that was my um I loved it. I did do the 400 some and then the 1 miler, but that the so 800 was the half mile basically, mm -hmm. and that was my favorite and what I excelled at. And you always I distance. know I know when I did the St. Jude, you did the I think you did the half that year. Yeah. You, did you have you always run like consistently through from then forward? I wouldn't say consistently, mm -hmm. but I have ran um, and even you know more distance. Like before I started training um, for the half marathon, I probably hadn't ran further than four miles, mm -hmm. and so that was something. I, it was a challenge I enjoyed because it took me out of my comfort zone. You know. Did I tell you about my half my uh, half marathon experience the first time? 
briefly. Well, I'll tell the audience because they'll find it amusing. So when Alex, who's in the Navy now, was, I think, 13, he was 12 or 13, he was in track. And so I was being as supportive as I could, and I was always looking for stuff for us to do, you know, that was interesting for the kids to spend time with them. And so since he was running the track, we saw the Germantown Half Marathon. And at the time, I think I was 20, I don't know, 28, 29 maybe. I was in really good shape, though. I had just either just stopped being a pro fighter or was still actively pro fighting. So I, and I say that because I was actively training. I was in really good shape. But I didn't run more than maybe four or five miles. And I think my whole life, the most I'd ever run was maybe five miles. So, But I thought because of how, and I'm arrogant anyway, I just assumed I would be able to do this half marathon, right? I was like, it's not going to be a problem. So I had no experience. I don't even think I'd run a 5K or anything before competitively. So we lined up, and I remember we were wearing our high-octane shirts, and on the back they said, you're just jealous because I'm trying to be a cage fighter, and we were both wearing them. And here he is, little 13-year-old Alex, and, and they have signs on, like, what your speed is, right? Well, I didn't know what any of that meant. I was like, well, we're going to be the fastest, so we get in the front. And so we get in the front, and we take off. And before we took off, there's these people that are wearing all this running stuff, you know? And some of them don't really look athletic, but – they can run, you know, they'll be heavy set, and then you didn't know, but they'll smoke you. And I was like, look at this guy over here with this. And look, we were all kind of commenting about stuff. And we take off and we did pretty good for, I don't know, four or five miles, something like that. And then I remember Alex really started struggling. Of course, he's younger, you know, and he was he was like, he was like, I, I don't think I could do it. And I was like, come on, son, it'd be all right. And I'm trying to motivate him just a few more steps. We'll do this and that. So we finally got around seven or eight miles, and I was struggling. Next thing I know, my nipples are bleeding. My thighs are all chafed. My feet are all blistered up. Like, I don't think I can move. There's people just passing us. I remember this grandma passed us. She's probably 80. And she goes, what's a cage fighter? And she passed us, like, laughing at us. And then they're literally closing the stuff down, and me and him finished. We get to the end. And, and if I'd had a phone where I could call Uber, I would have done that back then. They didn't have Uber at the time. But my point was, I just didn't have a, enough respect for that kind of training to run. And then, so I learned. So then when I decided to do that marathon, I knew I was going to have to put in the training. And I literally trained a full year to run that marathon. But I say all that to say this when I ask about the running, you're quick. Like your running speed is faster than mine. It's always wondered why you didn't just run the full marathon. I, I think it's a mental thing. If you can run physically a half marathon, now that I've done both, I think you can do a full marathon. Yeah, it is a mental thing. I will completely agree that um, on that. I wanted to run it well and not just be miserable. Mm -hmm. Like I still, I want to get uh, the half marathon under two hours before I add more mileage. I really double it. So, so, so you're trying to be real competitive on it? Not terribly. I mean, I don't think that's terribly competitive. It's just. I think it personal, is. You know, you know what my time goal, was? Personal goals, right? <laughs> uh, I, my goal was just to finish it. My, yeah. The St. Jude, my goal was to finish it under the time cap. And I think the time cap was six hours, 30 minutes. Yeah. And I finished it in like six hours. So, I mean, you know, it, it, it definitely wasn't as fast as, as most, but uh, I don't think it was as slow as all. I was just glad to get it done. Now, if I do another one, because I'm, I'm debating doing this year's, yeah. if, if I get released with my leg, uh, but I want to get under that time. Obviously, I want to beat the last time. So, and, and to me, it sort of shows this injury didn't. You know, people. I think people make excuses on not just business, but uh, not just physical stuff, but business and everything. I think a lot of times people encounter obstacles, and those obstacles uh, stop them, and then they have this victim mentality of, "Oh, woe is me." When everybody deals with that stuff, right. you know. So you just got to push through that. And so, like, I like the injury because, to me, it's uh, an example of how I can show that it's just a mental 
you know, it's a mental setting. You, yeah. You can't going, let that stuff whoop you. Going back to David Goggins, I think we mentioned David Goggins. Uh-huh. And the first time I was on the show, yeah. well, he's come out with another book since then. I think we both read it. Yeah, yeah. And you said you it. liked it better. I liked it better for a few reasons. Um, I felt like he was more open and honest mm-hmm. because you go back to that, the health, like he he had some major surgeries. Mm-hmm. He had um, some health issues and I felt like he was a little more open and honest and I felt like it was a lot more relatable mm-hmm. because the first book, you're like, man, he's a machine. <laughs> this yeah. is nowhere attainable. I mean, that's super inspiring, but golly. Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, it did talk about his childhood and everything. But the second one, I felt like he was more human, mm-hmm. you know, but still crazy with his, you know, goals and ambitions or whatnot. Yeah. Um, if you do the audiobook, it's kind of cool because he has discussions in between mm-hmm. of the narrator. But. So I've done them both ways. The, the, the first, I've read Can't Hurt Me. I've read the book twice and did the audiobook start to finish once already. Yeah. And it's, it's probably my favorite book. So I started a book journal this year. I think I might have told you. I don't know. And I read last month, thanks to this book journal, it's really motivated me, I read 15 books cover to cover. And so I journal them and I keep track. And when they're fiction or nonfiction books, I journal as I read them so I have sort of a summary of the rules from the book as I go. And then I rank them also. And so still right now, uh, Can't Hurt Me is the the number one book that that I have. I think think it's got lessons in it if you're open-minded to it. There's lessons in it everybody can benefit from. Absolutely. Because I think it's very difficult for anyone to say they've had more trials and tribulations than that guy. Right. And so that's part of why I liked the first book is because he does seem superhuman, but he dealt with trauma that most people will never encounter mm-hmm. uh, as, a, as a child and as an adult. And then he surmounted those, and yeah, it's, it's super impressive to me. And I mean, he's just still hustling. Now he's a smoke jumper. <laughs> Yeah, it's just whatever, cool. whatever the next thing is that he could do that's challenging. So yeah, I highly recommend that book. And then I know you and I read a lot of the same books. Uh, uh, well, I was I was going to tell you this too. So in his new book, uh, which is uh, never what is the new one called? Never finished. Never finished. Yeah. Uh, on the new book, I accidentally bought for Christmas. I bought all the males in my family that book. Uh, yeah. Can never finish, and it's before I read it. Well, I accidentally bought the clean version. And I was okay. so I was so disappointed in myself. <laughs> so she you know in most of his stuff, he does use some colorful language, but I think sometimes it adds emphasis to it. And uh, it's not motivation, but also yeah. I mean prior military experience. Well, just his raising. I yeah. mean, the life he was raising—that's how he talks. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I get that people want to deal with it, so there is a clean version of his stuff. So, but I was going to say, are there other books you've read that you think are good for business owners and professionals to read? Let's see. Um, I'm still. So I do have some goals uh, for reading that I've, you know, I've always liked to read, but in my adult life, I haven't always been intentional with um, my time on Mm -hmm. on just reading. And that's when Audible came in handy. It sounds like you got a Kindle. Mm -hmm. That may have to be my next uh, investment. But uh, you've already talked about The Go-Giver. Brandon Armstrong recommended that to us, um, I think, from a capstone class Mm -hmm. that I mean, your your son was in maybe. Yeah. And so I kind of tucked that away, and we've started incorporating that with our total youth leadership. It's very basic, very simple read, like maybe 14 chapters. You can read it in one sitting. Uh, the chamber staff just did that. We talk with our total youth leadership class tomorrow about it. Um, and so, I mean, it could be arguable, hey, the really good points. Is every single one applicable or all five applicable? It depends on your opinion. Yeah. But I think it's definitely a good read and worthwhile. Yeah, yeah, and it's short and easy read too. Absolutely. I, I thought it, it was take a, much time. I thought it was okay. I, there were I talked to Brandon about it. There was uh, one of the rules that 
a couple of the rules that I personally struggled with business in, but I see the I see the the, the value in the story. But I just finished last month. I read uh, one of them, two of the books that I read that I thought were really good was Atomic Habits. Okay, really good. Yeah, it had very uh, real life. Uh, input on how to change your habits, like things I hadn't thought about. Like he yeah. does something called the, oh, was he call it habit uh, coupling or something like that, where it's where where what he does is he takes a habit you already have, mm-hmm. and then just does the habit you're trying to build with it. Right. So you know, as an example, you brush your teeth and you want to remember you're trying to make sure you take your supplements every night, right? Well, when you brush your teeth, it's a reminder that you're going to take your supplements. Just little things like that. And then he had some really good information too in there. And this was sort of a, a shift for me. He talks about how instead of fo- you should make goals. That's great. But I, an example for me would be the marathon. I ran that marathon, and that was the goal. And after that, I didn't run for like six months. And he says it's not about the goal, it's the process. And so you're constantly improving the process so that you're always getting better at it instead of, oh, I hit the goal, now I do something different. Yeah. Anyway, that one was really good. And then the subtle art of not giving an F. Okay, I've read that one. It's been a while. When it first came out, I read it. I liked it. I I mean, he's got another one too. Yeah, that's another one where there's some language in it. But I mean, if you get past that, the the principles I think are are good. I think think a lot of people could benefit from that. There are some really good principles. Like, one of the ones that stuck out to me, because that's been a couple years, it's probably three or four more, three or four years that I've read that one and actually passed it on to my sister. Uh, but what is one question, what are you willing to suffer for? And what's worth suffering for in your life? Where, you know, think about what you do for a career, um, just comparing careers. Like someone I had a discussion with was in the military and you could be active military. And so basically every three years or more, they're going to be moved. And so they accept that. They're willing to accept that. Whereas there was a difference between, I think, a contract. You know, like you could work on the Navy base but not be, like, truly military. And whenever that contract runs out, you may or may not have a job. Mm-hmm. And so they were just comparing. Um, some people are willing to accept that. You know, is that worth, in your eyes, is that worth suffering? You know, the, the challenges for that benefit versus another scenario. But, uh, yeah, that was a good book. Um I have not read Atomic Habits. It's on my list, but I did read The Power of Habit, which I feel like may be a similar concept. And you literally learn the science behind how habits are formed in people's lifestyles. He, he references that book in okay. Atomic Habits. So I, I think they kind of work well together. Yeah. Um, yeah, because he even, I think, pulls from some of that book. And it's on my list, too. But since I just read that one, I'm, I, yeah. I, what, I'm, I'm on, what I enjoyed, I, I was going to tell you this real quick. So one thing that worked for me, because I had the same problem that you had, or it sounds like you had uh, last year. I always would get all these books, and I would start a chapter or two, and then I wouldn't finish them, or they just exactly. sit there, right? So here's what happened in January that changed that. So around Christmas, we went to visit Malin's family, and my um, she's basically my sister-in-law, Mary. She journal does a book journal, and this book journal was so involved. She had all these different d- divisions of how she was uh, labeling them, and and categorizing them and color coding them and and the pictures of it in the book and then the, the summary and she she mostly read it was really like fantasy and teen fantasy stuff is what she liked it was fine and she read her goal was to read I forget how many books eighty or ninety I think she read like a hundred and uh, so I looked through it and I was like man this this is cool because I'm very goal driven so I was like if I make a journal and I set a goal uh, which my, so I started this journal I went we literally on the way home we stopped at Barnes and Noble and I bought a journal. So I could start the book journal. That's how quick it happened, right? So I got the journal, and for Christmas, I had gotten a Kindle. Madeline got me a Kindle. Well, I had been hesitant to get the Kindle because I was like, I don't want to waste this. I'm going to carry something else around with me. I got the phone. You know, I'm really going to use a Kindle. 
Well, the Kindle ended up doing two things for me. One, it's it feeds the habit we have of being on the phone. Because I'm on the electronic device, it's a Kindle, and I can, and I think that feeds the same thing that I have this addiction on the phone. The second thing is, I'm real ADD, and I read like four or five books at a time. Well, with the Kindle, I can switch between them super quick. So I'm on it, I switch, I read this one, on it, on switch. And then as I would journal a book, the other thing is Kindle syncs with Audible. So if you're reading the book, you get in your car, and you turn Audible on, it syncs to where you were at reading it, so now you're listening to it. I'm on the elliptical, I'm listening to it. I go home, I'm reading it. You know, I mean, it, it, it just helps it where you're not wasting that time. Is what I realized was, now, man, I was wasting so much time on this thing. You know, it went from my average use, and I, and I always brag about how Josh does most of the posting, how I'm not even really on it, right? My average use last year was like five to six hours a day on this thing. Mm-hmm. And now it's down to, it's like an hour and a half or two hours of me just whatever during the day checking or calling or whatever of usage. So I, anyway, that's the system that has worked for me. I'm up to, so my goal was 50 books this year. I'm already to uh, 16 in, well, I had one I finished in February, 15 in January, and I've got three or four more that I'll probably finish over the weekend. So I'm going to hit 50 pretty quick, I think. Anyway, that's what's the system that worked for me. So I think you might, a Kindle, I think a Kindle's a good investment for me. And you can do Kindle Unlimited, thousands of books included. It's like $10 a month and you can read all the books that you want. So it's cost effective too, because I was spending so much money buying books. Yeah. So anyway, well, I, um, I'm, we're working on being here longer than I need to be to get to go to the cellar. Are you coming to trivia tonight? I don't know, but we will be there Thursday, and I know okay. a group of, well, of course for a networking event, but we're going to stay later for dinner. So. Good, 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 yeah. cool. Yeah, so for those that don't know, at the Cellar, we have trivia every Tuesday. Tonight is 80s and 90s trivia, and uh, every Tuesday you hear me say how I'm leaving and going straight there, so that's where I'll be here in a little bit. So if people want to find out more about the Chamber, why don't you direct them to how to get a hold of you or how to get a hold of the Chamber? Yes, uh, we've got a number of social media platforms as well as our website, our phone number, local area code 901-476-9727. You can call us. Uh, if it's not during business hours, we'll get back with you. You'd be surprised at how many people call after, you know, on the weekends or yeah. whenever. But uh, we're on Facebook and Instagram, Covington-TiptonCountyChamber.com or Chamber of Commerce. Um, our website is Covington-TiptonCoChamber.com. Uh, we are on LinkedIn as well for those of you that are on LinkedIn. So Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, that's our social media handles. We haven't ventured into TikTok yet. Maybe that'll come soon. Uh, and then our website. So shout out to um, TJ's Animations, actually. He's helping us uh, polish up our website. And so if you see some new changes and it being a better resource, um, that's why he's been a great help. So, um, yeah, call us. You can always stop by. We're located just within walking distance of Jerry's office. We're at 106 West Liberty in downtown Covington. We'd love to see you and uh, hope to see you at the next event. Yeah, yeah, and which is at the cellar Yeah, next, February 16th between week. 5 and 6 o'clock. You can come and go anytime during that time frame, but you can also stay. I know a group of us are going to stay for dinner afterwards, so we'd love to see you there. Cool, cool. Well, thank you for taking time to come talk to us, Lauren. Yeah, no problem. And, uh, I appreciate it. I always it. enjoy talking to you. I'll have to check back with you, see what books you've read. So we can It'll, It's a new challenge now. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 exactly. Well, you can make it a attainable challenge to start with, but I have, for the first time, I've probably finished more books literally in the last month than I have all year, so it worked for me. But thanks for your time, and thank you guys for your time, for uh, taking time out of your day to watch our show. As always, please follow us on social media and across podcast platforms. 
We're also on TikTok. I always like to joke that you can go over there and watch Josh do dances and stuff. It's his favorite. All the dances. (laughs) And then don't forget that on February 14th, Valentine's Day, uh, N.A., the band, will be releasing their full album. You can hear them live at the cellar that day. They're going to be doing romantic music during our Valentine's Day dinner time. Uh, which, speaking of that, if you're interested, uh, the cellar is located off the square in Covington. opens 4 p.m. every day. We also offer a lunch buffet from 11 to 2 on Sundays. Otherwise, we're seven days a week open for dinner at 4 p.m., and uh, trivia on Tuesdays, live music on Fridays, and Valentine's Day will be open. People ask what we're going to do special. You get, uh, I think there's a special dessert we're going to get you. You get live music, um, and, you know, it's going to be, it'll be a nice romantic uh, dinner for you guys to try if you come on Valentine's Day. And then we're also offering um, Thursday, no, Wednesday. Wednesday at 5.30, we're doing our first ever Bourbon Guild podcast. And that's open really to anybody that comes. Just get you a bourbon card when you get there. And then we're going to have two bourbons we're tasting. It's me and C.H. Sullivan from Whiskey Business that are doing the show. It'll be live. We'll be filming it and uh, interviewing the people that are there. You get to be the audience that's participatory. And then we've even got these really detailed uh, like bourbon tasting charts for you to go through as we uh, we try the bourbons together. So that's Thursday at the cellar. Anyway, always a lot of stuff to do. Yeah, that's, that's Wednesday. I'm sorry, Wednesday. <laughs> Wednesday at the cellar. <laughs> Thursday is uh, uh, the ladies' night. So anyway, always stuff to do. You can always check out our social media, or a lot of times it's on the Chambers page too, and see what's going on in the community. Um, uh, what am I missing, Josh? Michelle, uh, Allen, Michelle Allen, who was going to be there tonight. She told me earlier that uh, I think she's going to be there with Stephanie and them for the 80s and 90s trivia night. But Michelle Allen's our longtime sponsor of the show. If you're looking to buy, sell, rent, lease uh, real estate, Michelle Allen would be glad to help you out. She's a cry-like realtor. We like her. She's a nice person. And high-octane martial arts. (laughs) Located in Covington since 93. Holler at us, and we'll make your little kids turn into kicking lawyers. They can be all gray-headed like me. It'll be great. And then, of course, Josh is uh, ready to help you with your online presence. You go to masonitemarketing.com, and uh, he'll get you set up, social media, websites, et cetera. So thank you guys for your time. Thanks again, Lauren. We'll see you next Tuesday, again, live with the Law Talk, so keep kicking. Thanks for watching, guys. Just remember that this is not legal advice or investment advice, or business advice. This is for fun and entertainment purposes only.